Book 8, Chapter 6 of A Class Book of Old Testament History by G. F. McClear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a recording by Todd Manning, Raleigh, North Carolina. A Class Book of Old Testament History by George Frederick McClear. Book 8, Chapter 6. David's Life as an Outlaw. 1 Samuel 18 through 23, BC 1063 through 1061. The victory over Goliath was the turning point in David's life. He was now no longer the obscure shepherd of Bethlehem, but the recognized deliverer of Israel and the chief of Saul's men of war. 1 Samuel 18, verse 5. Moreover, he now became the devoted friend of Jonathan, the king's son. The hero of Michmash would naturally sympathize with the daring shepherd of Bethlehem, and his soul was knit with the soul of David. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, compares 2 Samuel number 1, verse 26. The two ratified a solemn vow of undying friendship, and Jonathan bestowed on his newfound friend almost every article of his attire, not only his costly robe that he wore, but even his sword, his bow, and his girdle. 1 Samuel 18, verse 4. But the hour of David's triumph was the signal for the commencement of those embittered relations which subsisted between him and Saul till the day of the latter's death. As the royal party returned from the valley of Elah, they were met by companies of Hebrew maidens, who in their songs expressed the discerning feelings of the nation, singing, Saul hath slain thousands, and David his ten thousands. To the king, this was gall and wormwood. In the youthful warrior, he saw that other more worthy than himself, for whom the kingdom was designed, and he eyed him from that day forward. 1 Samuel, verse 18, number 9. As the king's armor-bearer, David did not neglect his musical talents, and when Saul's fits of madness were upon him, he soothed him with the strains of his harp. But more than once he did so at the peril of his life, for in a sudden paroxysm of rage the king flung at him the long spear he held in his hand, and would have pinned him to the wall had he not escaped out of his presence. 1 Samuel, verse 18, number 11. Perceiving that the divine favor was withdrawn from himself, Saul now became afraid of David, and in hope of getting rid of him gave him the command of a thousand men. 1 Samuel, verse 18, number 13, and sent him on several expeditions. But David's uniform success and the prudence he displayed only won for him still more the favor of the people. The king then tried other expedients. He promised him his eldest daughter Merib in marriage, on condition that he fought against the Philistines. David went, and instead of falling in battle, only covered himself with fresh glory. But when the time for marriage came, Merib was given to another. 1 Samuel, verse 18, number 19. Meanwhile, Michal, the king's second daughter, had fallen in love with her father's armor-bearer. As if to bring his previous designs to positive fulfillment, Saul named as her dowry proof that David had slain a hundred of the Philistines. At the head of his men, David went, and slew twice that number, and brought the required proofs of their death. 
the marriage was celebrated and david became captain of the royal bodyguard second only if not equal to abner but the king's jealousy of his successful rival was only the more increased and he went so far as to propose to jonathan and his servants that david should be put out of the way and was only dissuaded by the moving intercession of jonathan himself a partial reconciliation with the king ensued and david returned to court but his life was not more secure on one occasion his own vigilance in eluding the royal javelin on another the devotion of his wife michelle alone saved his life on the last occasion the officers charged to put him to death had actually penetrated into his chamber but only to find in the bed in place of the object of their search an image or household god with the head enveloped in a net of goat's hair during the night his wife had let him down from the window compare psalms fifty nine david now fled away to nioth the huts or habitations near ramah where he enjoyed a brief respite from danger and anxiety in the congenial society of the aged samuel whom he had not seen since the occurrence of bethlehem and of the company of prophets there gathered together under his superintendence news of his hiding place reached the ears of saul who forthwith sent messengers to take him but the sight of the prophets performing their sacred functions under the eye of the venerable samuel and their strains of sacred melody so wrought upon the messengers that they could not refrain from joining their religious exercises a similar issue attended a second and even a third deputation at length saul went in person to the great well or cistern of shishu not far from ramah and inquired for the prophet and the fugitive but as he drew near the place he himself could not resist the prophetic impulse and for the second time justified the inquiry is saul also among the prophets first samuel verse nineteen number twenty four thus the danger was for the time averted but this state of suspense was intolerable and david felt there was but a step between him and death probably by samuel's advice he now obtained a secret interview with jonathan at easel a well-known stone near gibeah in pathetic language he poured out his whole soul to his friend and besought him to make an effort to ascertain once and for all the real feelings of his father which he might think had undergone a change after the incidents at nioth the morrow was a festival of the new moon saul would hold a solemn feast and at his table would sit abner and jonathan but david's place would be vacant the demeanor of the king on observing his absence was to be taken as an omen if he acquiesced in jonathan's explanation that david was absent at a similar festival under the family roof at bethlehem all would be well if he was wroth then it would be certain that the old grudge was not healed and that evil was determined against him a solemn compact was then ratified between the two jonathan undertook to ascertain his father's mind david promised to shew kindness not only to jonathan himself but to all his posterity first samuel verse twenty numbers five through ten when this compact had been duly ratified jonathan suggested an expedient whereby the news was made known to david within three days he would again repair to the great stone with his bow and arrows and accompanied by a little lad he would then shoot three arrows as though he shot at a mark and his words to the lad which david would overhear must decide the point 
if he said to the lad behold arrows are on the side of thee take them then david might come forth and know that all was well if he said the arrows are beyond thee then he might go his way certain that the wrath of the king could not be appeased the day came and david repaired to his hiding place in due time jonathan and his little lad appeared and the three arrows were shot as agreed upon and as the lad ran to pick them up he cried is not the arrow beyond thee then david knew that he must fly and when the lad was gone to carry back the bow and arrows to gibeah rose from his hiding place and with passionate embraces and many tears parted from his friend who once more commended his posterity to his care first samuel verse twenty numbers thirty five through forty two david now betook himself to nob a sacerdotal city in the tribe of benjamin and situated on an eminence near jerusalem here the high priest amalek resided with the tabernacle and trembled when he saw the captain-general of the royal troops approaching alone and unattended by his usual retinue but david disarmed his suspicions by pretending a secret mission from the king and in this character obtained in the future of other bread the sacred loaves of shewbread which having served their turn in the weekly course were about to be replaced by new loaves with these and the sword of goliath which was brought forth from its receptacle behind the ephod he fled away resolved to seek refuge amongst his enemies the philistines on his arrival at the court of achish king of gath he was recognized by the royal guards as the famous champion of israel and the sword he carried doubtless recalled bitter memories of the valley of elah he was accordingly thrown into prison but in this dilemma he changed his behavior scrabbled on the doors of the gates let his spittle fall upon his beard and gave every sign of being insane the oriental respect for madness procured him his release and he was suffered to depart from the lowlands of the philistines he now betook himself to the town of adullam joshua verse fifteen number thirty five at the foot of the mountain range of judea and found a secure retreat in one of the extensive caves with which the limestone cliffs of the neighborhood are pierced news of his coming reached bethlehem first samuel verse twenty two number one and straightway his brethren and all his father's house feeling perhaps insecure from saul's vengeance came down to his stronghold from the judean hills these probably included his nephews the sons of zeruiah job and abishai but besides these were four hundred men who joined him from various motives some from distress others to avoid exacting creditors others from some private sorrow not considering however his aged father and mother secure even in the secluded spot david hastily crossed the jordan and conveyed them into the friendly territory of moab and there consigned them to the king who agreed to protect them first samuel verse thirty two numbers three and four by the advice of his friend the prophet gad he now retired to the forest of hereth not far from adullam it was probably while he was here in hold that the sons of zeruiah performed the memorable exploit recorded in second samuel verse twenty three numbers fourteen through seventeen first chronicles verse twenty one numbers sixteen through nineteen 
a garrison of the philistines had established themselves even in david's native town of bethlehem one day sorely tried by thirst he expressed a longing for the delicious water of its well near the gate upon the word the three heroes burst through the philistine forces and returned with the much coveted draught but their leader would not drink of the blood of the men that had gone in jeopardy of their lives and poured it forth as a libation before the lord other bands now joined him amongst these were eleven mighty men their faces like the faces of lions their feet as swift as the rose upon the mountains first chronicles verse twelve number eight from the uplands of gad beyond jordan who swam that river when it had overflowed all its banks first chronicles verse twelve number fifteen and found their way to his hold they were followed by men not only from the tribe of judah but from that of benjamin with their chief amasai this defection of members of saul's own tribe at first excited david's suspicion but the straightforward honest words of their leader convinced him of their sincerity and he associated them in the command of his band of six hundred faithful followers first chronicles verse twelve number sixteen through eighteen meanwhile the philistines attacked kilah a town of uncertain situation in the lowland district of judah and robbed the threshing floors at first david's men in spite of a divine insurance of success feared to relieve the place and so incur the hostility of their powerful foe a second assurance restored their courage kayla was rescued and the philistines defeated with great slaughter whilst here david was joined by another and an important ally in the person of abiathar the son of the high priest amalek bearing sad intelligence on the day of david's visit to nob there was a stranger watching intently all that took place between him and the high priest this was doeg an edomite and the chief of saul's herdmen first samuel verse twenty one number seven when the king was deploring at gilbeah the defection even of his own tribe doeg poured into the royal ear his version of what had occurred at nob transported with rage the king sent for amalek and all the priests of the line of ithamar and charged him with befriending his enemies in vain the high priest repelled the charge saul sentenced the entire body of the priests to instant death and gave the signal to his guard to execute it but they declined to imbrue their hands in such a bloody murder thereupon he called on doeg who straightway obeyed and falling upon the unresisting priests slew in one day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen ephod not content with this the king put the entire population of the place to the sword both men and women children and sucklings first samuel verse twenty two number nineteen such was the sad news which the solitary survivor of the house of ithamar now announced to david i knew it replied the latter i knew it that day when doeg the edomite was there that he would surely tell saul i have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house from this day forward abiathar remained with david and having brought with him the high priest ephod was enabled by his oracular answers materially to aid david's movements 
on occasions of difficulty or danger meanwhile the entry of his rival into a town that had gates and bars first samuel verse twenty three number seven inspired saul with the hope of at length capturing david summoning his forces as if for a regular military expedition he marched down to Kalea to besiege him and his followers aware of the king's secret designs david consulted the divine will by means of the ephod and thus ascertaining the intention of the townspeople to betray him he and his men departed and went whithersoever they could first samuel verse twenty three number thirteen end of book eight chapter six